internet <laughs> hi internet how's it going guess who came back i don't know why he keeps agreeing to come back adrian mac the mac is back i thought you meant derek return well, to the mac no fuck well, i've been back for a couple couple yeah, weeks derek's i'm not been important on the last three. i'm not important here derek's working on a real streak Let's uh, keep our fingers crossed this back doesn't give out again. Yeah, and that well, those steroids hold up. Yeah, how I'm long getting sw- swole as fuck. How long are your steroids supposed to last? Can you tell him my bear suit? No. They're supposed to last through like three months. Hey, welcome to Outreach Factory, the podcast where we look at the things that made people mad online and explain why they're dumb for caring. Uh, as Dale pointed out, we are joined again by the illustrious Adrian Mack. Here to blow our brain holes open with uh, wisdom, his, his knowledge about politics and stuff and stuff. Well, I guess I was going to say Adrian knows more about politics than me, but so does Derek. So that's not really a selling factor. It's just now that there's two people who so, know more so about politics, it just makes me look bad instead so of does making your the average six-year-old child. Did you listen to the episode of the podcast I recorded with my six-year-old child? He understood. He understood politics better. Yes, I listen to every podcast everyone I know records. As you should. Adrian, <laughs> what's up? Oh, nothing. You did a podcast. You interviewed your six-year-old son or daughter. So, yeah. So, so we have a we have a, a semi-regular podcast where it's just like talking to him about six-year-old shit. But we started it when he was like... Uh, three i want to say or two just like barely talking and it's been really funny to go back and listen to those like earlier episodes and like here's cute little like baby voice and the dumb shit he cared about back then Uh, (laughs) so you know it'll be a nice little uh time capsule for us so do you call him out on the dumb shit he cared about back then in the newer episodes yeah remember remember when you were three and you said this nonsense (laughs) yeah fucking moron yeah i mean it's important that he (laughs) Grows up carrying at least a, a moderate amount of shame around, like over yeah, himself. Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely true. Did yeah, you, you've uh... got to constantly milkshake duck him <laughs> for all the bad posts he's made in the past. <laughs> Are you grooming him for something? <laughs> well, you know, just to like, you got to fuck your kids up like a little bit because, like, kids. So they're up, interesting. Kids who grow up stable and successful, like they're not, they're not motivated. They're not interesting. They're not, yeah. Like Dale nailed it. But like kids who are mm-hmm. just like a little bit fucked up. Those are the kids who are like going to really try to like break free of their fuck up and and hopefully achieve a little bit more. So. Yeah. You want to get them right to the level where they become successful and don't like do crack like Hunter Biden. Like you, there's like the sweet, it's the Goldilocks zone where well it's done. like they make money and they don't burn your house down it's right in there that's his yeah. his other kid died right Bo. yeah that's the, yeah like... but i don't want to make fun of that because that makes me look like a jerk i just like to pick on the one that did crack because so, he's well that easy whole family is like <laughs> dale <laughs> that's uh the whole like and joe biden's like uh he's fucked up. He's got some like weird behaviors that are kind of inexcusable, but like, and I'm not excusing them because they are inexcusable, but like that family's had a lot of fucking tragedies. So, I mean, like there was his first wife and uh, daughter, I think that, that died uh, before he was like running for Senate. Uh, And then Bo died. And then Hunter's like, there's just a lot of trauma and you're like, you know, I can kind of get why, why he, smells like is compelled to smell people's hair 
Uh, Adrian, why are you like what? Oh Wait, no, what? Do, no! It's what? it's. Uh, I, I'm. Well, I'm doing. I'm making that face because because uh, somebody said exactly those same things to me last night. Not to me, but to a group of us that were sitting around a bonfire on the beach last night. And it. And I. I never really even considered the the tra- tragedy, multiple tragedies in Joe Biden's uh, past. Yeah. Okay. Let me and ask then, you a question. Is it worse? That he just smells little girl's hair because he likes little girls, or that how old was his daughter when she died? Was she like she was the, young? She was like was child, she the age, age of the kids that he's smelling? Like is this all like him dealing with his trauma in a like a weird way? Like he smells them because he hasn't gotten over the loss of his child. Like is this a thing where I have to feel guilty about making fun of him because he's just an adult? grieving for his adult child or is he still a creep that i can make fun of it why are you fucking making me research shit on the fly uh fucking adrian <laughs> say what you were gonna say while i uh while I, I wasn't I, really uh, gonna say anything i mean i don't i don't i didn't think it's it's impossible to speculate about any of that i i want to know if you guys believe tara reed tara reed the chick who said that he touched her mm-hmm. i 100 percent believe her you have that's the thing you can't like if you're going to be in the believe all women crowd you can't be the believe all women crowd unless they're accusing i mean a lot of people try to do this you can't just be like i believe women if they're coming out against like brett kavanaugh or fucking trump or whoever else but i don't believe women who uh say people whose politics i align with like yeah absolutely you you have to fucking believe her like i don't i don't think politics is a dirty game but uh uh i don't maybe i'm just naive i'm like oh no one would like fabricate sexual assault allegations yeah i don't i don't want to make an inappropriate joke but i felt that she passed the smell test if you know what i mean yeah (laughs) i believe her oh we're gonna get kicked off of facebook no no we won't (laughs) i'll tell you something um you might enjoy this uh it was a few years ago now but i was asked to I already told you this story. I tell you about the time I got booed at the Van City Theater. No, tell us. Lady <laughs> Please Gaga. tell us. I was, <laughs> I was asked uh, in my capacity as a uh, film critic at the Georgia Street. Mm-hmm. I was asked to pres- to uh, host the, I guess it would have been 20, 2016 Oscar party, which they hold at the Van City Theater in Vancouver. Beautiful. How bougie. Yeah. Oh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a very bougie fellow. <laughs> you can tell. Hey, I'm, I'm glad you're slumming it with us peasants. Let's put it that way. I'm slumming it in a forest. I've spent the entire day burning <laughs> fucking yard waste. Can you see? There's actually like ash in my hair. In any case, there I was. I, was to, I, got, I actually bought this beautiful suit to do this thing. And people, they go to the Van City Theater. They pay like, I don't know, 30 bucks or whatever to sit there and watch the Oscar ceremony on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and Stephen Schelling, who you may or may not know, he, he writes about fashion and other uh, frivolous things for the media. Oh, yeah, I'm an avid fashion reader, Adrian. I know he did. He, he did actually, he I, 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 yeah. I got to say, he did a great job of, you know, he did the red carpet part and talked about all their art, uh, outfits and, and, and whatnot and was uh, deliciously sarcastic and, um, and super gay, I think. But, um, then I had to come on with my co-host and just like MC this Oscar broadcast, which was uh-huh. being you know, projected on a big screen at the best theater in the city. 
And uh, and it was the year that the movie Spotlight won. You remember that movie? Exactly. Uh, I never Nobody watched it. Remember that. Is that, is that the one where the guy had an underage it. boyfriend in the pool? Where he was like holding him. Or wait, am I thinking of Moonlight? Dale just thinks every movie. movie. Yeah. Dale's like the movie that plays on repeat in my head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's actually a, a memory from your own life. Was it one of the movies that won Best Picture that had the gay couple with the questionable age difference? Because it seems like that happens a lot. No, no, it wasn't that one. It was the <laughs> one where uh, it was about the Boston Globe in i guess the 80s was it, i can't remember when but they uh they blew the lid on the um uh the called pedophile catholic diocese pedophile scandal oh. uh, okay. uh, against enormous political pressure mm-hmm. and they managed, they managed mark ruffalo was in it it was a very worthy film and uh, yeah. and it was okay but it was not a fucking it was that was the year mad max fury road came out and if you know maybe uh, maybe i'm biased but i think if you're supposed to be <laughs> celebrating uh you know the advances in the art of cinema and you've got mad max fury road which we all remember and love and spotlight which nobody remembers (laughs) and nobody loved i think you'd go for mad max fury road but they didn't Uh, they they chose spotlight because you know this would be my theory anyway hollywood likes to uh uh, likes to advertise its worthiness right Mm. so anyway just before that stupid fucking film won Best Picture, if you recall, Joe Biden came out. <laughs> Joe Biden. And he was <laughs> an idiot. He comes out and he's the vice president at the time. And he comes out and Lady Gaga is with him. And she's a fucking phony, too. And uh, and they decide they do this thing where it's uh, they're talking about uh, Lady Gaga's, you know, hi- uh, history of sexual abuse, which, you know, we don't want to make light of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she has no credibility as a human. So why do I give a fuck? And then uh, her, so, so her and Joe Biden on stage at the Oscars saying, you know, sexual abuse is bad. And, uh, mm-hmm. and if, you've, if you've got a story, well, I want to hear about it. You, you get in touch with me at, you know, unclejoe.us.gov. <laughs> tell me your story and lady gaga's sort of sitting next to him you know looking all very serious and everything and it was it was grotesque and they went they cut to a commercial after that bullshit and i remember looking at the audience and and i was just appalled and i and i couldn't i, I just i looked at them and i went are you guys buying this horse shit <laughs> and, and unfortunately they were buying that horse shit oh yeah and they started booing Mm-hmm. And I had to like, you know, I had to do some pretty fast foot, footwork to you know, make up some ground. Uh, and I felt terrible about it. But here we are years later. And it turns out that Joe Biden's pretty rapey. Yeah, know? it turns and, out. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it was it was a, a very um, it was a great example, I guess, of the uh, uh, the hypocrisy. You yeah. Know, Hollywood and also this horrible uh, the. the uh, the partnership between Hollywood and and government that you yeah. see in particular down there, and, and which nobody seems to it doesn't seem to bother anybody. It bothers me. Yeah, I think now like Trump is officially lost, like one hundred percent, right? Like he can't come back. 
that's true, political guys. I just want to make sure yeah, before I say my next statement. So now that Trump is for sure gone, can we just stop being Joe Biden apologists and start being like, all right, he did some fucked up things. Well, We're all like so. ignoring it because we hated Trump so much. I would now that so. Trump's gone. I don't think uh, I don't I don't see it happening though, and I don't and you know there's a lot of Kamala Kamala Harris apologia going on out there too. I mean, oh yeah, I know both of you guys have problems with Kamala Harris, and me being the non-political guy who doesn't know shit and is too bored by politics to research it. Give me okay, say I'm a person who just pretend I'm a person who doesn't know about Kamala Harris or politics in general. Give me a 10 second spiel of why she's a bad person. Uh, I mean, her her policies throughout her career as, as a prosecutor and attorney general in California, like they're not liberal policies. She fucking like everyone's it's fucking insane to me that everyone's just like kind of like, man, we're going to ignore that entire part of her career. And like she's a hero because she's a woman of color and she's doing it's like she fucking incarcerated and like fought for a lot of policies that like disproportionately affected black people in California and kept them in prison. And everyone's like, Nope, we're, we're totally fucking ignoring that. She's a person of color. First woman, vice president. She's a fucking hero to us. And you're like, I, I, I don't, I don't fucking get it. The, the, the fact that this is seen as some sort of victory for feminism or victory for race politics in the States is completely insane. And, you, but if you say it, <laughs> You're going to get yelled at. They don't like to. Yeah, they don't like to. But it's, yeah, no, I mean, so Joe Biden wrote the crime bill and she fucking enforced it. You know, and yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of black youths in prison down there because of Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. On a, you know, she also refused to release or or at least um, consider uh, Sirhan Sirhan's case. That's of personal interest to me. She said no to that, even though. Were that to go to trial again, Sirhan Sirhan would be uh, uh, exonerated. But I recognize whole, that whole name. What is Sirhan? He's he's the fellow that's cooling his jets in prison in California for not killing Robert Kennedy. Oh, he's the accused assassin, of, and and well, he's the convicted assassin of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. But he didn't do it. Not wasn't Jr., he on tape shooting him? Wasn't that the one that they recorded? No, no, there's oh. no, not at all. No, it's it's a it's a we don't have to get into this, but it's a nutty I smell case. a conspiracy theory. Yeah, for sure. Which Robert, Robert Kennedy, you know, who was on his way to winning um, uh, the primary in California and was probably going to be the next president of the United States, uh, was taken down by an assassin's bullet in 1968 at the Ambassador Hotel in L.A. And the kill shot came from behind his ear. Yeah, uh, this is in the autopsy report. You can look at it. You can find it online. He was shot by, uh, or he was killed by a shot that came that entered behind his ear, re- about an inch away. Mm-hmm. And Sirhan Sirhan was standing about five feet in front of him, shooting blanks. So I don't know. I'm no physicist. I have However, a question. Sorry to interrupt, but could this just be that the Kennedys have weird heads that bullets hit and are just weirdly affected? That's the other only other plausible explanation, yeah. Because like the JFK bullet that hit him head was like super crazy too, and yeah, didn't it like it, it curved? Yeah, like they got mag- the old magnet head Kennedys. That's, that's yeah, what yeah. they called them. Back well, in the well, day. then you'd have to. The yeah. thing is, you'd have to argue that John Connolly had a magnetic uh, wrist because the bullet. <laughs> 
The bullet also apparently struck uh, John Connolly, the governor of Texas, who was sitting in front of John F. Kennedy oh. in the limo. And yes, the bullet uh, entered from behind, went down, came out through his throat, I think, and then, yeah, sort of spun around, hit, hit Connolly's wrist, and then rested in his leg. And when they, when they displayed it to the Warren Commission, it was, as they say, pristine. It was in perfect condition. What's really strange is <clears throat> they actually removed more fragments of that bullet from John Connolly than would be possible given the pristine nature of the bullet. But yes, the mm -hmm. Kennedys do tend to make bullets behave in a very, <laughs> in a ridiculous way. It's just a family trait. It's just a, it's a thing. It's okay. Concerned about. So I, don't wanna, time, I don't want to defend Kamala Harris, but I can imagine her seeing this, opening it and be like, hey, boy, I don't want to fucking. Not tied to this conspiracy. I can imagine her seeing it and saying, if I, if I was to do anything useful with, with this, my, uh, I would be ejected immediately from the club. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, that's what really happens. But yeah, yeah Derek nailed it. She's, she's, she has a, an appalling, an appalling record as a prosecutor. To get the one, the one thing I can talk about that encompasses who Kamala Harris was and, and her, uh, her fucking track record on, uh, on criminal justice was the fucking, uh, this fucking insane truancy uh, policy that she pushed through in California where like, um, if kids missed, I don't know how many, it was a pretty low number. Like if kids were truant from school, I think it was three days. I think I know what you're talking it about. It was fucking insane. Parents could be charged with a misdemeanor crime if their kids missed, uh, yeah, like some fucking absurdly low. And like, I was a teenager. I skipped school all the fucking oh, time. Fuck. My, my, my parents would be in prison for fucking ever. Uh, I remember if this policy this. had existed. Yeah. Okay. So what like, I, yeah. Sorry, well, was I was going to say know, what I said. I didn't know anything about Kamala Harris. I'd actually heard about this. I just didn't know it was her. And I think the problem was the age, too. Like, it wasn't just, like, 14-year-olds who skipped school. It was, like, all the way through high school. So you could have, like, potentially 18-year-old guys, like, or girls skipping school for whatever reason, like, even to go to a job. And then their parents would get charged with a misdemeanor. And they're they're saying one of the reasons this happened was to like target low income families because then they couldn't pay the money for the misdemeanor charge. And then they get sent to jail and they would like kind of just sort of fund the industrialized prison thing. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting. No, you didn't interrupt. You, uh, what you did. <laughs> this is a podcast, Dale. Three white guys wanted to say, each other. I just wanted to say the one thing I knew about. For a guy that knows nothing, that was pretty good. You, you know some shit. Yeah. I guess where I learned that, Derek. Now you're done. Wikipedia? No. <laughs> Joe Roganpedia. Fuck, okay. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Fucking oh, suck, you suck got, Joe Rogan's you guys dick. Have a Joe, you, have, you have an issue with Joe Rogan, you don't. I, Dale, I, Dale fucking loves Joe. I think he's the next coming of Jesus Christ, pretty much. I think. I think he's the most important man in media, and he's I a think. renaissance man, and he's making the young men of America better, and Derek hates him. He's, I, I think he's an asshole with the giant, yeah. like, come on. There's no reason this guy should be as fucking famous as he is. Like, okay, he, he works hard, but yeah. like... Um, and he was like very early to the, are we going to have another Joe Rogan fucking mm, rant? I, I don't, I don't think we time. have to. I think no. everybody's well aware. Anyway, I dislike Joe Rogan. Dale fucking can't get his dick out of his mouth. The so. weird thing is pretty much everyone I talk to about Joe Rogan hates him. It's like Nickelback. It's like everybody hates Nickelback. So who's buying their albums? It's like Joe Rogan. 
but I don't like that analogy because it means I'm buying a Nickelback album. But it's like, if everybody fucking hates this guy, how is he so popular? I it's just weird. don't you, understand. You used to be, you were always, always the contrarian guy who like the uh-huh. minute something hit a threshold of popularity, you were like, fuck it, I'm out. I hate this now. So uh, it's it's weird to see you jumping on the... It's, it's mostly because with music as contrarian, because usually when music hits a certain level you're just forced to hear it on the radio all the time but now that everybody does streaming music and radios died you don't really get overexposed to music as much but i am still a contrarian when something sucks usually i'm like whatever and i'll just ignore it but like when something's super popular and everybody loves it like say k-pop there's no reason for me to fucking insult k-pop but now that everybody loves it for some reason it's like fuck off like why do you guys like this so much it's annoying so I guess I'm still a contrarian, but I don't have to assert my contrarian views as much. Look at you. Contrarian all the time. You know, we all contain multitudes. You can be a multiplicity of things. I get it. I, get, I understand why you uh, can't get Joe Rogan's dick out of your mouth, I suppose. I like It's because it's delicious, Adrian. <laughs> I think what it is is that maybe you like to, um, you like to judge a thing based on the quality of its critics. And in the case of Joe Rogan, who I often find deeply annoying, yeah, uh, I, I find his critics to be much more annoying and certainly uh, more um, smug in their in their sort of um, delusional self belief. Mm-hmm. Supposedly coming from, I, I th- here I go again. You, you, I've been on this <laughs> show fucking a million times, and I just say the same thing again and again. Middle class, educated liberal types don't yeah. like Joe Rogan. I'm not really sure why, but I think it's probably because he's not going out of his way to reinforce their worldview every mm-hmm. single fucking episode. Yeah. You know, he's a, fucking a, pisses he, me off. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what I want to hear, Joe. I think, you know, Joe, Joe Rogan, I'm going to quote Jimmy Dore. He said it best. He said, you know, Joe Rogan's not afraid of, of, a, of a new idea. And, and um, I think he often misinterprets that new idea. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I get that. I would mean, I think he's I, this the whole notion that he's somehow dangerous or whatever is just absurd. He's 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 not remotely dangerous. But Anderson Cooper is, you know, Chris Hayes is uh, fucking Rachel Maddow. Those people are dangerous because they they have they have a legitimacy conferred upon them that's not deserved. And they are working for Empire. He's not, you know, <laughs> I um, am. uh I feel like this is a great segue maybe to the first topic, legitimate topic that Dale had on the agenda, <laughs> which was, uh, you know, Adrian, you're talking about these fucking media platforms and their legitimacy and, and the responsibility they have to maybe present a uh, 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 nuanced or unbiased worldview. Um, and uh, Dale, what is this fucking thing? Steve Bannon, Facebook? Okay, so what happened was Zuckerberg met with like, the leaders of Facebook. I don't know. It said leader meeting or whatever. And he said, he was like, I'm not banning Steve Bannon off Facebook, even though Steve Bannon had said that if he was, he said something about, he would, he would behead two people. Or I think it was the head of the FBI. It was Fauci. Yeah. And the head of the FBI, the head of the FBI and Fauci said, they're not loyal to Trump. They're president anymore. If I was them, if I was him, I would cut their heads off, put it on a pike and put it in the two court or, on the corners of the White House just to let everybody know. So he tweets wow. that and it's like, that's wow. pretty, pretty fucking terrible. And it's like, even I wouldn't 
retweet that, I'd be like, all right, that's too violent. So Twitter like fucking ejected him because it's like they're the biggest thing on Twitter is like as soon as you incite violence on anyone else, you're fucking gone. Like my older brother joked, he told someone to kill themselves as a joke. Like, you know, that whole like, oh, go kill yourself, whatever. He said that in a tweet and he got banned. But then Facebook wouldn't. And then everybody was like, hashtag delete Facebook was trending and everybody's like, we need to get rid of him or whatever. And then Zuckerberg was like, well, he almost crossed the line, but I don't think he did. So we're not going to ban him off Facebook, which I, I get like, you don't want to ban a guy like Bannon because there's so many right wing people on Facebook that love Bannon that you would just be losing all of their dollars. Well, and there is also this, um, I think we remember, was that this fucking year? Like, holy shit. Or, or last year when there was like the whole um, Trump assembled the, the White House social media strike force that was like um, <laughs> talking about how they they were biased against conservatives. And that's like this running running kind of narrative in conservative circles that like the Silicon Valley tech companies, which like Silicon Valley, notoriously liberal uh, despite being these like fucking giant like corporate megaliths um, yeah, that are that are largely funded by the national security complex yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but super super fucking liberal um yeah. and uh and so there there is like i think facebook is very fucking worried about like um really re- reinforcing that narrative and, and yeah. giving people reason but it's like in this political climate you're fucked either way you piss off you piss off the conservatives or you piss off the liberals and either way you're getting boycotted and someone's deleting you always. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I think what Derek okay. says is very wise. There's no winning here. I, I, I would question why we're all hyperventilating about Facebook in the first place. Why are you on it? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, uh, we're on it right now just because it's uh, no, I realize this way but, to reach the most people. <clears throat> Well, yes, of course, but we haven't been handed very many effective alternatives, have we? Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's the bottom line. It's Facebook's here to stay, and um, it's going to be as uh, as uh, vexing as all your other media, which is to say, it's not going to do what you want. It's a multi-billion-dollar <laughs> corporation that's going to follow its own muse, and it's you know, its own muse is really about you know protecting its assets. So what the fuck? You're just on there. What are you? You're a user. You don't really have any fucking stake in this. You know, why, yeah. why are you? Why are you there? I mean, to me, Get Facebook off. is just built to suck as much money out of yeah. people like through their data and stuff. So just use it the way you want it to be. And it'll eventually like the ship will turn and it'll turn into the program you want. But why, why, why do, why do people feel that they have some sort of say in Facebook's policies? I don't, I, you know, I don't, I, I, I would, I'd like to see Mark Zuckerberg's head on a pike outside the White House. There we go. However, now we're fucking off Facebook. I know. He said that that However, doesn't get you banned. Nice. We'll actually like, see if this uh, if this. However, on. however, I def- I defend his uh, his right as a CEO of a company to you know make whatever decision he likes. I think it's ridiculous that. They keep theatrically hauling him in front of these fucking Senate committees to, to, you know, be all sweaty and apologize for stuff that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, is maybe the, the least of Facebook's crimes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, why, why? Who gives a shit? Why? Fucking here's how you get rid of Steve Bannon. Stop giving him oxygen. Stop paying attention to him. 
You know? Yeah, that's true. Like, stop saying he's QAnon and let him just fucking. Isn't he supposed just to be in jail or something too? Fucking ignore him. Yes, let him cool his jets forever yeah. and whatever. When he finally goes down, he's gone. You know, it's the same with Trump. It's a, it's amazing watching the media turn on Trump because in 2016. Let me just uh, say this up front as a proviso. I fucking hate Trump and I'm glad he's gone. However, I think we all do. In 2016, uh, he was making tremendous bank for all media outlets, for all mm-hmm. corporate media outlets, and they bent over backwards to make Trump possible. I remember yeah. Chris Hay- on the Chris Hayes' show, rather than going to a Bernie Sanders speech, they just spent 10 minutes on a fucking empty podium saying, hey, Donald Trump's going to show up soon. If you, mm-hmm. can f- you can find online, I think uh, Les Moonves, who I, I think was chairman of CBS at the time, and yeah. he's speaking to, a, speaking to a shareholders meeting or whatever, it's all on tape, it's all out there, and he's, he's saying... We've never had it better. Trump is so good for business, he's saying. He goes, I mean, it's, he actually says this. He goes, it's terrible for the country, but it's great for CBS. <laughs> he says yeah. that, you know? And these are the same people that now realize that they're going to make more money by turning on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, it's, yeah. Because, that's like yeah. Fox. Like, now Fox is anti-Trump and Trump supporters hate Fox. It's like, what the fuck? It used to be like that was your go-to for Trump stuff. But now it's like that one American news network thing, I guess, yeah. is the new one. Well, I think it was also that Fox had uh, – um, I don't actually know what the fuck happened there because suddenly they were like – they were calling states for like Biden that hadn't been called yet. Uh, they cut away from um, Trump uh, – Kaylee McEnany – uh, her her press conference where they were like alleging voter fraud and I don't know if like if it was uh, Fox News suddenly developed a conscious and they were like maybe undermining democracy isn't good for like our bread and butter anymore mm-hmm. um, but they did something and like now now everyone like Trump himself used to like religiously watch Fox News and now I like, just think I just think Fox got the memo if you know what I mean yeah like they were I think they were definitely hedging their bets so they're like Biden's gonna win and then they like and then Trump was doing all that like oh this is all like all these like voter fraud and stuff and Fox was like really and then Trump like immediately turned on them as soon as they didn't back up all his like voter fraud no, I think I think, the, I think the empire decided that Trump had become a liability and so all of their assets mm-hmm. had to say that and I think that's what you're seeing now and you know they win because now <laughs> Biden fucking yeah. Biden <laughs> I mean, fucking hair sniffer. If anybody's so going to get the big corporations more money, it's going to be Biden. Oh, yeah, it's a win for Wall Street and uh, the military industrial complex, just like it always is. <laughs> I think it's interesting that there's this, like, you know, the right wingers are going around saying, you know, Trump didn't start any new wars. And, uh, and yet, in reality, what happened, he didn't start any new wars, although he tried to start one with Iran. People seem to forget that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, he's, you know, the the uh, the defense industry did very well under Trump. He dropped just as many bombs as the previous mm-hmm. guy, you know, and the previous guy before that. Yeah, uh, you know, that's a bit of an aside. Yeah, well, that's, like none of that shit's going to yeah. change. Like that's, that's yeah, that's one <laughs> of the well, yeah, reasons why I'm pro Biden. It's none like shit's going to change. Yeah. So you sit at a bonfire out of the beach here on Salt Spring, you know, on a night like <laughs> a beautiful night, and people are like, "Aren't you? Oh, it's so great. Joe's going to do great." And then Kamala, she 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 represents me. Yeah, 
and that's coming from like that's coming from a white bald guy you know all of this stuff is gonna happen in the middle east it's all going to be the same all this like back door like military stuff's gonna happen but now we get to listen to Kamala Harris instead of Trump, and yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, Kamala and, Harris being sassy. Yeah, She's and be sassy. It's all third party because instead of that guy coming up to you and telling you, "Oh man, I love Kamala Harris. This is why I like her." It's better than being like, "Oh, did you see what Trump said?" And you're like, "Fuck, I don't." Yeah, care. I feel bad for all those pundits who've spent the last four years, you know, doing really well, just yelling Trump, Trump, Trump. Yeah. And now that they've got what they wanted, which is not mm-hmm. Trump, I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're out of work now. The best part is Joe Biden doesn't have any political promises that he made on the campaign to live up no, to because not, he's not a single plot. No, no platform. He's still not all. Trump. So he yeah. lived up to every one of his promises. That was <laughs> exactly. Uh, Joe came through in the end. He's definitely yeah. not Donald Trump. Mm hmm. I mean, I'm okay with it. Whatever. Let's see what happens in four years. So I'm- it'll happen to Russiagate now. You know, like for four fucking four years, Russia had uh, stolen the U.S. election. But yeah. now the, the very idea that there might be voter fraud is, you know, sends people, they may, it makes them apoplectic. <laughs> That's a very How good point. You? Yeah, somehow a foreign country affected the election and now it's like the own country can't affect their own election it's like guys come on get your narrative russia, russia had nothing to do with it yeah uh, saudi arabia and israel certainly did and, <laughs> and yeah they got and, their fingers and, you know, in everything if any if anything's affecting any u.s election in a deleterious way it would be the u.s intelligence uh, community but mm-hmm. um no no my point is now um i don't i don't think that there was uh I think what Trump is saying is wrong. <laughs> I don't think the Democrats are trying to steal the election. I think, you know, the GOP always tries to steal the election. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I just find it ironic that these same folks who spent four years screaming Russia, Russia, Russia are now offended at the very idea that someone might suggest that American <laughs> elections are not s- this sacred thing that could yeah. n- will never be breached by by uh, uh, unwarranted influence. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, a, well, little hip- it's <laughs> a little hypocritical. Like what? That the U.S. is finally getting. Uh... <laughs> They're meddling in their own elections. For I mean, once. <laughs> you know, if, do, do we want to go there? <laughs> like, yeah. No, I don't, don't want to oh. go there. The one thing I did want to bring up, it's kind of related to this, but it's not really the smoothest segue, was on Twitter, if you searched loser, like this was after Saturday, <laughs> the first result was Trump. And it's like, one, I guess it's a funny, like, you get like, aha, they made it so that he's the first result on the search for loser. But yeah, on the th- other hand, you're just validating all of the times he said that the media was... um censoring right wing instead of left wing people isn't that interesting yeah and I mean, it's like, like do, you, do you guys do you guys assume uh, or 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 at least uh suspect strongly that they're that somebody's gaming those algorithms uh, i mean do you think do you think that result was de- deliberate on some level mm-hmm. if you typed in loser you got the picture of donald <laughs> trump <laughs> Well, it had to be because there's nothing about Donald Trump's like profile that would 
if it was like an AI, there's nothing that would click it. Like there's no like loser in his name or in his bio, it doesn't say loser. So I don't, somebody... how do you, how do you fucking game that though? Like, well, so the I'm tech behind you. the scenes would have to attach like an HTML tag or whatever to Trump's profile so that when you search loser, it comes up. Like I, what I think was, I don't think anybody's gaming the system. I think just some like liberal, like loud guy who's in some medium level job at Facebook who, or not Facebook, uh, Twitter was just like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be awesome because this is me striking it back against the man. And now everybody will know how horrible Trump is and how much better the world is now that he lost. <laughs> Derek? Derek's, look, Derek's looking like he's fading away. No, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> like, what the fuck is the point? Like, it's just like, uh, what, is, what, what is the point? I, what is the point yeah. of what? The fucking like, um, the thing that frustrates me most about uh, liberals and I guess the Democratic Party in in particular in the United States is that like they are the fucking weakest most ineffectual, like just out of touch political party that I've ever seen in my entire life. And just like, they don't fucking understand. I've seen a lot of commentary on the right recently. That's like, um, every time there's a fucking election in the United States, somebody pulls up that fucking map and it's like, here's where the highest, uh, most educated states are. And look, oh, they all vote Democrat. And it's like, you're, you're a fucking idiot because, uh, hey, this is like, <laughs> This is like intellectual elitism that like isn't doing anything for anyone. And there is like this giant like the United States and the people who vote for Trump and like particularly like rural voters or like opiate addicts or like there are a lot of very fucking desperate people in the United States right now. Yeah, yeah. And all liberals can do is they see someone voted for Trump and they don't ask questions and they don't want to understand why they just call them racist and they call them dumb and they fucking go like it's it. I'm actually speechless at how much I hate like Western <laughs> liberalism so, right like, now. This is, oh, I, yeah. am so, I am so heartened to hear this <laughs> like, like, because I feel you. I know. I know. It's and it, it, uh, what do you do with that? Yeah, right? exactly. Because, like because that this is our cohort. These are our people. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And and I, I you know I feel like I'm losing friends by the dozen because I'm just I will I'm not going to buy into this mm -hmm. nonsense. Yeah, like what uh, Derek was explaining is why I think we got Trump in the first place was all right. these people were just being like, Oh, you, you like this, you're unintelligent and stuff. And there's enough people were like, basically like, I'm sick of you calling me unintelligent and tell me what to do. I'm just going to vote for the wild card guy who says he's not with you. And then all those people, like, like all those people in the streets right now, like that are like in DC having the Trump rally. Like nobody's like, why are these people here? Like, why are they here like deep down what's the reasoning to love a guy like trump more than biden and like they should get to the root of the problem like why so many people are willing to vote for trump and like what trump stands for to them and stuff instead of just being like well obviously they voted for him because they're racist and unintelligent like derek said i didn't see anything in the fucking democratic party messaging in this election that wasn't uh uh fucking um you know, different races are good. Women are good. 
That, that's <laughs> all we got. When, when, Vote what, for us. When, what, exactly. And when, when what most people wanted was, yes, we're going to give you health care and we're going to end wars. Yeah. Right. They didn't say that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think those, you know, the, there, there is a news cycle and, and choices are made very deliberately about what enters the news cycle. And those choices are made by corporations. And those corporations are very much in bed with the U.S. government and certainly are, are you know, sympathetic with its goals. So the, all this stuff about the, the, the MAGA um, demonstrations and so forth, this is a vanishingly small portion of Trump's base. I think you're, you know, Dale said it, Derek, I agree entirely. Mostly when they talk about the silent majority, which is a, a phrase I don't want to use because it's because it's been employed by the wrong people mostly. Yeah. But but it's real. It's these are as you say, people who have been uh, who are feeling very disenfranchised. And and it was a, I think Trump was a protest vote for most of them. They're not dumb racists. They're ordinary people who've been fucked over again and again and again their, their entire lives and feel like there's no alternative. It's a protest vote. And but the, the you know the news cycle doesn't talk about them. Um, there's lots of good documentaries out there and lots of good journalism that does talk about that that portion of, of Trump's you know, base, it's immense. I mean, the, the, and the fact that the Democrats, this, this is a major humiliation for the party. What happened? <laughs> a major humiliation. This is yeah. hardly a fucking validation of their message. It's, it's a, it's, it's a validation of, as we were saying before, the not Trump message. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. And that's hard. That doesn't count for shit, man. It's not going to change anything, but Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, uh, anyway, Derek, I really enjoyed your uh, rant. Hey, thanks. <laughs> From one uh, great ranter to another, uh, I appreciate your support. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. It's nice. It's like, uh, it's crazy because like Derek was saying, like how angry he is with the left. Like that's where I've been like maybe two years or whatever. And I'm like, I keep having to ask myself, I'm like, am I turning right wing right now? It's not like, the left. I think that's category error that you keep making. I I ask you to stop. The left is very, (laughs) very aware of what's going on. The center, which David Graeber describes as the radical center because it's actually the right. But you Mm -hmm. and we have all been entrained and conditioned to believe it's the center. So it's reasonable. It's moderate. It's rational. It's not. It's the fucking right. And they will support... They will support any move that empire makes. Yeah. As they say, scratch a liberal and you'll find a fascist underneath. They will vote. They will vote. For, <laughs> that's vote ironic it's true. because that's all they want. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like they, what, what they want is, is, I mean, it's, I, again, it's a word that's been overused, but it's performative. They, they're all yeah. about the optics. If you've got yeah a black woman who's vice president, well, you know, well that represents me, and I'm done now, and they can fucking go back to sleep now, right? And ignore the fact that there's seven wars going on. <laughs> yeah, but Adrian, we've been awake so long. Can't we just have a nap? <laughs> the other thing that's bugging me too right now is all these like you 
what you said about scratch a left, you'll find a fascist. This reminded me of all those like no scratch a liberal. Oh, sorry, all the scratch scratch a a liberal. You'll just find an angry lefty. Okay, like the liberals who are like, we need to make lists of all these people who supported Trump throughout these four years and Mm. keep a list on. Like they're basically talking about blackball lists. Fucking Nazis, man. Yeah, like it's just like the McCarthyism of the fifties, and it's like super scary. Like, wait, what? You want to make a list? Oh, look how they've turned on Russia for no reason. Yeah. You know, or China, you know, no, they're, they're just fucking itching for more empire. I hate them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys want to talk about something that's not to do with politics, but still to do with liberals being scared of stuff that they shouldn't be? Is this a great segue? No. No. There's it- no there's no way to segue into what I want to talk about off of what we were talking about, but I feel like we've hit the end of like the Trump Biden talk, which whatever. The do you guys watch The Mandalorian? Uh no, but I I am aware of what it is. Okay. <laughs> Adrian, do you know what The Mandalorian is? Yeah, I watched the first season with my with my 10-year-old son Topper. Who okay. I have not interviewed. Yeah. So it's <laughs> the second season. The second season started. I think we just had episode two or three. And you know, baby Yoda, like there's baby Yoda. Everybody's seen yeah. Baby Yoda. So what mm-hmm. happens is there's like a frog alien lady, and she's like, I have these eggs. Well, she <laughs> speaks frog, so someone translates it for her. She's like, I have these eggs. I need to get them to blah 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 system where my husband already set up a time so he can fertilize these eggs so that we could keep our family line going. And you're like, ah, cool. She wants to get her eggs there. And then the baby Yoda like got into the eggs and like throughout the mo- the episode, his gag was he'd eat an egg. And they're like, oh, the Mandalorian guy was like, stop doing that. You got to stop doing that. And then it was like, it was like a weird like gag that you're like, I guess that's funny. I don't know. It feels kind of wrong just to eat like this frog lady's eggs. But then people got super upset because they thought that it was willfully endorsing genocide of this frog lady, because it was like, people were like, this is making light of something horrible and all this stuff. And so there were calls to basically losing it, cancel the plot line (laughs) of that episode. (laughs) Yeah. All those people who complained about that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I'm willing to listen to what they have to say <laughs> about uh, genocide. Yeah. Just so uh, you can... after after they've yeah. made clear their position on uh, uh, Yemen. Oh, Syria, good one. Iraq, Afghanistan. <laughs> Not fucking imaginary fucking <laughs> Venezuela, <laughs> Bolivia. I when after they've told me what they think about all of that, yeah, and I will entertain their opinions about a, a show made by the Disney Corporation. <laughs> yeah, it's that's like my, it's, that's my feeling about. Yeah, it. it's so ridiculous because it's like, ugh, like at worst, it was like cringy, like oh, you shouldn't eat the eggs, whatever. But like, of course, people just went off the rails and. It's is this, Star Wars, people. Is this one of those things where, like, people, like, everyone thinks that everyone's getting mad about it, but you go and you, like, check the thing and, like, yeah. 
there's more people talking about the people getting mad than the yeah, people yeah. <laughs> mad or were people actually is this something that really upset people i've all the things I've seen about it, like I saw three or four people being upset. Like personally, I saw it and I was like, "Ugh, why is he eating those? Like you feel bad because she's on this like quest to save her family or whatever. And he's eating them. And it's just like, yeah, no, it's like the end of the line of her species. Right. I think they only said family. So, and then oh, John right. fat, they asked John Favreau, the guy who writes the series, like it's a big enough thing that they're like, why did you do this? And he was like, we wanted to show, that baby Yoda wasn't just default cute as a character and that he has like a darker side or whatever. So maybe it like can lead into the force and stuff. This shit's important. I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah, (laughs) really, this is what we should all be. (laughs) All right, all right. We can go back to talking about- I like this. No, I meant meant in general, it's important that we are talking about it, but those fucking morons should not be talking about it. Like I feel, Oops. I feel like that was that's like classic outrage factory is us talking about that. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, it that's fucking dumb. I can't believe that people will get upset about it. Like, wasn't how many other genocides have happened in Star Wars? By the way, like, were oh, there exactly? Like, exactly. Like, they're blowing the people whole, all the fucking time. They blow they up a They blow who's, up like who's crying over Alderaan? No yeah, one. Exactly. Or that one they blew up in the new series that I can't remember. They blew up another planet. Like, they've blown up multiple planets. Can you remember anything from the new ones? Like, do, yeah, I the don't newest remember. ones? Yeah. It's hard, because <laughs> my brain, like, now I watch, now that we can have whatever we want to watch, anytime we want to watch, I'm just yeah. watching too much stuff. Like, I'm over-consuming. Like, right now, they uploaded, like, this is an example. They uploaded all the James Bond movies to Crave. And oh, I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to watch all these movies front to back. And I've watched seven of them in four days. And they're like, I can't remember which movie was which. So are it's you, like, are you guys down with the canceling of Sean Connery? He's been I, ultimate life, canceled. life canceling. <laughs> he, he was canceled. Oh, like the, <laughs> he was, yeah, he got yeah. the God, ultimate God canceled him. Yeah. <laughs> Although watching the old uh, watching the old James Bond movies, every time he slaps a woman, I'm like, ooh, they really just went for it back then, didn't they? <laughs> it wasn't what, even that bad. What like, are we? Uh, so are we retroactively canceling him? Because a, I, I noticed on on the Twitter that a lot of people were, were would mention that you know he did an interview with Barbara Walters where he oh yeah that it was okay to to you know maybe slap your woman around a little bit. Um, uh, I, I got nothing to say about that, but I will say this. You know, it was John Lennon's 80th birthday recently. And my daughter, my 15-year-old daughter, Sadie, who loves the, Be- loves the Beatles. I took her to see Paul McCartney a few years ago. Don't. Oh, the only good Beatle? Why would you say that? Because <laughs> Dale legitimately, Dale believes the Wings or Wings is better than the Beatles. This is yeah. That's the Alan Partridge line. Wings is the band <laughs> the Beatles could have been. <laughs> Well, that's a joke, right? Like, yes, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. I, don't know. I feel anyway. like Wings is the next step in evolution of Paul McCartney's songwriting. <laughs> well, like, I, I, don't, I, actually, do not, I don't disagree, but I mean, you're not I, wrong. Like, yeah. Lennon's contribution to the world after the Beatles was that fucking Imagine song we have to hear every Christmas. Yeah, well, no, yeah but no, you have you ever listened to the Plastic Ono Band album? It's pretty no. great, and uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> 
right, anyway, I, mean, I but, haven't. I mean, I will. Maybe you should before you go would, around spouting your fucking opinion. I would love to be opinion. proven wrong because every time I say I don't enjoy the Beatles as much as everybody else, I get that whole, you're a contrarian. You just hate them because they're popular. And it's like, mm. Yeah, but then you say, but I like Joe Rogan. And like, I do fucking like then, then what Then what happens? The argument. Yeah, well, Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan is the fucking Beatles of podcasting. It's like, oh, I microdose. Oh, I'm so edgy. <laughs> hey, fucking he's guy. never he's never put out the equivalent of Yellow Submarine. So. <laughs> Not yet. My daughter was telling me that during John Lennon's 80th birthday, well, she said, well, first of all, she said to me, all my friends hate him. And I was like, well, yeah, I can think your friends hate John Lennon. Yeah. Because they think he's a wife beater. And, uh, 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 you know, this is, you get in, you end up getting into these. uh, uh, It's hard not to victim blame on this with Yoko Ono being the victim. Well, no, it wasn't Yoko, though. Oh, it wasn't. No, no. He, 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 you know, apparently he slapped his first wife, Cynthia, a couple of times. But and he didn't slap Yoko Ono. I don't know. I don't know if he slapped Yoko. I don't think he did. But based on his based on his public statements, I suspect he didn't. I mean, I think he hurt Yoko in the same. You know, there was the lost weekend and all of that stuff. Maybe we're getting into Lenin lore that we don't need to get into right now. Yeah, this is way. However, he was a he was a complicated and uh, 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 traumatized human being, as we all are. And he did some good things and he did some bad things. He's also a beautiful genius. I saw a really lovely uh, interview with George Harrison because because I was inspired to look into this because of what my daughter said. And my mm-hmm. daughter, who's ridiculously intelligent, she was like, yeah, it, it really upsets me, I, you know, because I, I love the Beatles and I love John Lennon and, and it kind of doesn't matter what he did. I don't think he was a bad guy and um, or words to that effect anyway. And anyway, I looked at, I found this lovely interview with George Harrison where uh, it was after John's death and and the interviewer was really pushing him as they are you know as they will and saying but john was no saint was he now john was no saint and and george goes uh uh no or she goes no he was no angel that's what she said she's he's no angel he goes no he, he wasn't an angel and then he paused and he looked at her and he went but he also was and it was <laughs> And it was a beautiful moment, you know, and yeah. it was, and it was, it, 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 there was a lot of truth in that. George Harrison was a person who I think was um, committed to speaking his truth, you know, and yeah. uh, how do we get on to this? Uh, we, we went from Yoda uh, to John Lennon, but we were uh, talking oh, asked, about Sean Connery. What about Sean women. Connery being, uh, being canceled? I really enjoy yeah. Sean Connery's work and I really enjoy John Lennon's work. I don't enjoy Kamala Harris's work. No, uh, I have a question about Sean Connery. She is the Ringo. She is the Ringo of the, uh, the U.S. administration for sure. Should oh. I watch the movie Zardoz? Yeah, of course you fucking should. Are you insane? <laughs> that was a great movie. Okay, I will put. I will put that one. Okay. Hey. Yeah. And also, mm. uh, Zardoz was made by the great filmmaker John Borman. When you're finished with Zardoz. Give another watch Exorcist to the Heretic again, which was you know uh, again one of like most... I've watched. That. Yeah, <laughs> watch like, Exorcist to the Heretic oh. first time, and bear in mind that it was probably the the most poorly reviewed film in history, and it's actually kind of a work of genius. Is it scarier than Exorcist One? Because that's not be it's not scary. Traumatizing. No, no. Yeah, not scary at all. 
but it's a repudiation of The Exorcist. It's a very clever film in a lot of ways. John Borman took on that project saying, I don't want to make a sequel to a film which is about child abuse. That's what he said. And he, 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 he instead turned around and made this movie, which is very much about um, mythology. And, Ooh, that uh, that and, sounds way better than the first one. I love like mythology and like all that, like, like in the, I watched the third one and it's like always it like has like, it kind of hits on great, hey? like where the demon came from, like somewhere in Egypt or whatever. So it's like, anytime you go into the backstory of like the demon or the evil thing, I'm all for that. Wasn't like, the demon from Iraq? I think so. I can't yeah. remember. It was, it was, I remember the screen was like brown and sandy and i kind of missed right. where because he was at a market and he bought like a necklace mm. and i just assumed it was egypt because mm-hmm. it was sandy and- Be- because of your um uh orientalism yeah can <laughs> <laughs> we say that <laughs> we- the uh, pc police are going to be oh, all over this episode Ori- did you say oriental like where i'm oriented or I mean, because the of other. your because of your um, narrow uh, Western Anglo-Saxon view of the rest of the world. Yeah, because so anything you, anything sandy and brown is yeah. what did you say Egypt. Yeah, well, oh, it's, it's like if there's, you show up, and if then you show, yeah, if you show a bazaar, yeah. like a bazaar, and it's yeah. in a sandy like desert country, and there are people wearing like ragged robes selling trinkets and stuff. I just automatically assume it's Egypt. Right. I'm, it's because so many movies in my childhood were based in Egypt and like, really? Yeah. Like the Indiana Jones series and all that. And none like, of them were based in Egypt. Were they? A couple of doom in Egypt. Yeah, I think it was in India. I think maybe it's just because of the pyramids and stuff that I just assume all like spiritualness, came from egypt in some sort of way right 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 yeah so it's probably that so if they're showing like some sort of evil spirit in a charm in a sandy country i'm like well it's obviously egypt Egypt. (laughs) i had a fun time yesterday trying to explain the difference to my 10 year old boy topper i mentioned them earlier trying to explain the difference between uh, celluloid and the celluloid image and the digital image and he's getting really mad with me (laughs) <laughs> I don't what the fuck he didn't say what the fuck he yeah say, but he's like dad what are these words that you're saying <laughs> what are you talking about the the romance of the of the grain and the the mythic dimension this means nothing at all to me it was a fun conversation yeah anyway, let's move along I gotta say though the HD version of movies that were on celluloid that are coming out now yeah. in the 60s they look great like I went back to watch like I said, I'm watching the old. You're doing the Bond, the Bondry watch. Yeah, right? like I'm watching Bond, and they started in '62, and they're like fucking looking super good, like better than movies in the '90s. And I guess it's just because they're on celluloids, and then they digitize those at a high level. Yeah, that's right. Uh, last night I watched the 4K restoration of Lucio Fulci's The New York Ripper from 1982. Uh, very, very. It's an awful film, but my God. <laughs> It looked like fucking, it looked great. Yeah. Great. I love when you watch an old movie, you're like, this looks awesome. And then it's just shit. And you're like, well, these will look good. Mm. (laughs) Stunning. Yeah. You guys fans of Lucio Fulci? Oh, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. I know stuff about things. (laughs) I'm definitely very artistic and I know stuff about obscure movies. Uh, 
which has mm-hmm. been your favorite Bond film so far? Probably. It's tough to say. So Are you far, watching them in uh, chronological order? Yeah, I'm like, watching okay. them in release order. I'm skipping the non-canonical ones because there's one Casino Royale that came out that was like a comedy that wasn't released by United Artists. And then there's a Bond. There's a... Uh, I can't, I t- Sean Connery came back in the eighties to do one. That's not ne- in never the say never again, which is yeah. kind of a remake of Thunderball. Yeah. So I'm not including that, but I've only up to the first Roger Moore movie. So I've watched the six Sean Connery movies, one, jo- the one George Lazenby movie. And I'm on Roger Moore and of the Connery's, I would say Goldfinger's the best one because it's the most, um, it's the most like, when you think of like old James Bond, all the tropes and cliche things, they're from Goldfinger. Like that's the movie Odd Jobs in. That's the movie. Um, what else happened in that? that oh, lady, Pussy Galore's that lady, in it. That lady's all gold. She's all yeah. covered in gold. And Pussy Galore, probably one of my favorite characters from the Bond series, is in it because she's like, she's like a ramp i don't know how to say this without sounding like the oldest man alive but she's like a rambunctious female character real is, spark plug <laughs> yeah but she has this, firecracker like she has pussy galore's flying is she circus up for it <laughs> and she like she's like i don't know like an independent woman type of character where she like stands up to bond instead of just being like the oh like that type of thing so that's why i like her a lot have you made it to diamonds or forever yet I just finished Diamonds Are Forever. That's the what? one Bond comes back after George. It's the seventh movie. Yeah. After George Lazenby. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's, um, but it's got Plenty O'Toole, right? It's yeah. Like the lady in that one called Plenty O'Toole, and she introduces herself to him in the casino. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, I'm Plenty O'Toole. And he goes, named after your father, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was uh, one of those like dumb cliche lines that just missed. Con- the Connery, <laughs> yeah, Connery movies like all the one-liners after they kill after he kills people. Some of them are pretty bad, but some of them are actually funny. Yeah, yeah. The, I don't uh, really, I don't really care for those films. The <laughs> uh, least, <laughs> the most cancelable movie of the series would probably be um, fuck, what was it? It was, uh, I think it was the last Bond one where he's, uh, I can't remember which one it was, but it's like they make him. They're like, we're gonna make you Japanese, and they basically dye oh. his hair black and put him in a kimono. And you're like, ooh, is that is- you only live twice? Yes, yes, yeah, that's right. They give him the old, they give him the Japanese eyes. Yeah, and then it's it's just like it's unintentionally hilarious. What about how do you feel about Sean Connery in the uh, third Indiana Jones movie? Uh, he was really good in that. Right. I love all the Indiana Jones movies, though, because all of them. Yeah, even Island of the Crystal Skull. I'm not one of those <laughs> pylon haters. All right. I get it. It was ridiculous that he jumped in a fridge and survived a nuclear blast, but it's that ridiculous. That's part of it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The guy ripped that other guy's heart out with his bare hand. That's part of the movie. Yeah, it's awesome yeah. because it's ridiculous. All right. We're well, the, the people that wrote uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, uh, yeah. they uh, they made a film in the early 70s called Messiah of Evil that I really recommend. Oh, yeah? Yeah, very sort of Lovecraftian, low-budget Lovecraftian. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, seaside. I love horror movies 
that are set in beachside towns. I can't explain why. I just always really like them. Possibly because I grew up in a seaside town. Yeah, the weird thing about the early Bonds is like the first five movies are all like beachside, which is nice. The first five Bond movies? Yeah, they're all like... Really? Or not five, maybe four. Like they're all in like Miami or like Spain or some weird, like the ocean's always involved because like for the first four ones... He's always at the end of the movie in a life raft plugging some girl. Like that's how like five of them end. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, so you haven't moved on to the Roger Moore films yet. I just started and I don't know how much I could talk about the first one. Ah, oh, fuck. I can't remember what any of these are called. The first Roger Moore movie. Um, and it's like, it's a black exploitation movie. I feel like live and let die. Yeah, and I feel like a theme song by Paul McCartney of the Beatles. Yes, yes. Wings. And I (laughs) fucking loved it because I was like, I love this song and I've never heard it for the intention it was written, which was as the for the title sequence of that movie. And oh, yeah. And so the movie is (laughs) he's like, my name's James. And this other guy's like, names are for tombstones. And you're like, oh, Oh, and it's like just like snappy comeback. And then like the CIA, CIA directors like get me a locale on a pimp Felix, wagon. Felix yeah. Snyder. He says again, I don't care for these films. I yeah, he says, give me a make on a pimp wagon. Like, uh, and they say stuff like that in this one, and you're like, should I feel guilty for yeah. liking it because it's black exploitation? And you know, the, and that and that movie would have been made by a very gentlemanly old English director. Yeah. You know, somebody who started working, you know, started in the 30s working for the Ealing Studios in like yeah. Elstree, London. And now now he's in like Miami or New Orleans. Yeah, because you're like a one trying to make hand, a black exploitation film. Yeah. On one hand, you're like, is this kind of exposing new people to uh, voodoo culture and like making it look good and exposing people in a good way or is it just exploiting it totally bad and i should hate this more than i do like that's what i'm asking myself as i go you know the james bond novels were written by ian fleming obviously who was actually a british intelligence agency where agent worked for mi6 and among Mm -hmm. his uh compadres at the time were other authors including um roald dahl yeah who, who wrote the uh you know, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. The BFG. He also James wrote the, the Giant screenplay yeah, for yeah. one of the James yeah. Bond movies. Roald Dahl? Oh. Yeah. Oh, for really? Real? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's the third one. Really? Yeah. No, it's the second all, one. I they're all buddies back at the, you know, yeah. the bar after a day of spy work. A day of <laughs> spy craft. Yeah. Which includes, uh, which would have included at the time, writing popular novels that in <laughs> some way massaged popular opinion in a certain way, you know, to uh, in, usually in support of the goals of uh, the British Empire. So you're telling me that James Bond is a plot that was put out on purpose to make people okay with the idea of England going to other countries and inserting <laughs> themselves into the political spectrum of that country and maybe or maybe not killing no. Key. No, no, I don't want to commit myself to opinion, <laughs> opinion here, but yes. That makes sense. Yeah. 
I love how we started off with like Joe Biden and all this like super high political stuff. And then now we're just like just into the weeds on James Bond. I got to bounce because my kid's yelling at me for dinner and it's 6 p.m. Uh, do we want to wrap this up or do you just want me to hop off and you guys can keep uh, jerking each other off over your tasting well, movie? Whatever you want is fine with me, but I think <laughs> I think we should, before you go, uh, point out that your your outfit tonight is a reference to a movie we all love. Great movie. I, I actually uh, saw it. Midsommar. Uh, <laughs> Midsummer, the, the movie. This was going to be my Halloween costume. I ordered it from China back in September. Uh, it showed up uh, yesterday. So missed, missed Halloween. My wife was, um, was the May Queen. And then I was going to be, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the film, her uh, dickhead boyfriend who gets sewn in a bear carcass and burned alive. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, not even just a mild spoiler. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's a <laughs> yeah, that's the end of the movie. Um, but uh, yeah, fucking this is also uh, I, I want to say this is my phase two pandemic wear because like first first phase working from home, I was all about like sweatpants, just like yeah. fucking sweatpants all day. Now it's a bear comfort. Now it's like it's this fucking like bear pajama onesie. And it is like <laughs> this this thing makes sweatpants feel like a fucking burlap sack. Like as if this is just like it's warm. It's uh, it's soft. I keep hugging myself. Uh, this is so anyone who's, uh, looking at the COVID cases in BC and thinking that, uh, we're probably going to be spending most of our December in hibernation, pick yourself up a bear onesie. Yeah. Does it have pockets? Great it's got advice. one, it's got one big one, here for, for the viewers at home. It's got Don't one, show big, one big pocket yeah, right here. Well, that's it's got, weird. It's got a big pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, don't do the penis in the pocket joke. I've got a tail. And the best thing, I yeah. uh, the Chinese really thought of everything because it's got, I was like, well, how am I supposed to go to the bathroom? It's got an ass zipper that you can just open up and pop your ass out. And uh, I don't even have to take this off to poop. Derek, I don't want to I mean, be I the will. one to have to tell you this, but you're a furry now. Yeah, yeah it's fine. <laughs> Like, You're like, they thought of everything. This bear suit has the zipper on the butt, so I could just open the butt and go to the bathroom. I mean, it probably has nothing to do with illicit sexual. It act. doesn't deal Bo- bootleg no. copies of this podcast are going to be passed around <laughs> a certain community, yeah, for years. Yeah, they're like, when they like, <laughs> this is this is China grooming Derek to be a furry. I mean, it worked. I get, I get, that's that's how they're going to erode Western I, civilization. I mean, <laughs> turn us all into furries. Yeah, if you're going to get me to be a certain type of person, you do it with comfortable clothes. That's a good opener. It, it, it's the only <laughs> opener now. <laughs> Fucking hit us. Two-pronged two attack. First, hit yeah. us with the virus and confine us all to our homes. Then hit us with the bare fucking furry onesies uh, and get us i guess next thing is like spam with uh with anal porn i don't i don't know yeah or convince everybody that eating what? each other's asses is a good idea like they do in the porn right now like maybe like that's, the bears do yeah you know what that like probably is do. china they're like part of their whole conspiracy to get us sick they're like look if we can't get them with the pandemic while they're locked in the in their own doors we'll get them to lick each other's assholes and then they'll all get diphtheria and die from that and they'll be more susceptible to the disease uh anyway yeah. on that note adrian hard to agree 
great, <laughs> great chatting with you. I'm going to pop off. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of RH Factory. Dale, you can do the, uh, the closing shit. And, okay. Uh, as, as always, thanks, Adrian. We really appreciate your opinions. You're, yeah, uh, you're a surprisingly smart guy. Surprisingly. So. <laughs> <laughs> Talk Very to you guys smart. later. Bye, Derek. Have fun. Bye. Be your child. Yeah. Uh, we could keep going or we could quit if you want. I know. You uh, what sh- time is it? I, I, I know my dinner is going to be ready at 6.30 on the six, It's 6.15 right now. I got 10 more minutes in me. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, is know, there anything? Sorry? Is there anything? No. So anything else that you wanted to touch on while I have your expert? Because you know so much about like, I don't like know. Derek knows a lot about politics, but you know a lot about politics from like way back because you are well seasoned on information. I'm old. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I was going <laughs> to, I was going to dance around it <laughs> really lightly. I don't, I'm really okay with aging. Yeah. As, as David Bowie said, you know, aging's uh, it's a miracle. You just, you end up becoming the person you were always meant to be. You know, that's a very good way to put it because I feel like aging has been great for me because it's like, I have, less stuff convincing me to do the stuff I don't want to do. Like as I get older and people are like, Oh, you should want to do this. I'm like, "Mm, I don't want to do that. I want to go just go do stuff. I feel like, and I'm not going to feel guilty that I'm not doing what someone else wants me to do. Right. Right. That seems like a pretty complex nest that you inhabit. I I just, (laughs) the only thing I don't like about aging is the tits. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired of watching my chest sag. You know, I take my shirt off now and I look like fucking Kirk Douglas in Saturn 3. Yeah. Well, <laughs> see, the the reason that they make old man pants go way high up, right, people be like, lift the breasts. Well, it's just to do the optical illusion of you overcorrecting for the breasts because you'll see the breasts. You'll be like, are those saggy or is it because the pants are so high? And then right. you're like, that's ah, the pants are high. My tits aren't this saggy. No, when the when the nipple touches the belt line, you know that uh, <laughs> you're in your you're in your George Raft years. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm using a lot of references now that'll mean that'll be sure are meaningless. I'm pretending Except- I know who you're talking about right now. I don't know who George. <laughs> I got the the one first, but not this George Raft. Well, fella. have you seen Saturn Three, starring no. Kirk Douglas and Farrah Fawcett? I grew up when they had good movies in the 90s. (laughs) Although that is that science fiction because I love the retrofuturism aspect of old science fiction, like what they thought technology was going to look like. And it's like, and it's funny because it's always set now. And you're like, that technology looks better than what we have, but it doesn't do nearly enough stuff. Well, on that note, we, you know, I've been re re watching with my family. I watched it when it came out with my wife. And now we have these children hanging around. They live with us. And, uh, <laughs> Whose fault is that, Adrian? <laughs> we got these. Yeah, we got these tenants. And, um, we've been wa- rewatching uh, that Fox series, uh, Last Man on Earth, starring Will Forte. Oh, that's so funny! And it's a really great show. And I, t- I'll tell you something. I actually interviewed Will Forte in my role as a film person. Oh, really? Uh, and I had actually had a face-to-face, like you know, in-person. Uh, interview with will forte for the film nebraska and um if you go online and, and like type into your google or your duck duck a go or fucking whatever duck, duck, uh, go. <laughs> uh, who's the nicest celebrity yeah uh, will forte is like number one and henry winkler is number two 
Oh, really? And, yeah. And I got I will tell you, uh, based on my own personal encounter with uh, Will Forte, lovely man, lovely man. And I, and I do enjoy his work. Anyway, my point is, uh, we've been rewatching uh, Man Who Fell to Earth, and I'd forgotten because I watched it five years ago. The very first thing you see on the in the first episode is 2020, the year the virus killed everyone. Oh whatever, wow! Right? Like, oh wow! There's some fucking programming. What did they know? Yeah. Oh, that's funny because you called it the Man Who Fell to Earth when you meant the Last Man on Earth. Did I say the man who fell to Yeah, I thought you were like. I love that movie. I thought you were going to start talking about how it's like the same as the old David Bowie movie. It's not at all, but you know, that's David in the air right Bowie. now because uh, David. <laughs> David Bowie. In space. In space. <laughs> David Bowie. Uh, I love the man who fell to earth. Yeah. Uh, of course, the novel was written by Walter Tevis, who, who wrote the source material for the Queen's Gambit. Which I've been enjoying. Of I don't watch a lot of TV, but I like. Is Walter the Queen's Kevin. Gambit good? Because it looked yeah, like really a no it's show actually, about chess. It's, it's a show about chess. <laughs> cool. You got a problem with chess? No, I just don't like. I don't know. It's just I don't enjoy chess that much. Yeah. So I feel it? like I feel like a show based on chess wouldn't be that entertaining. Well, it also has like drug addiction and. Oh. Um, Let's say I like drug addiction a lot more than I like chess. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> you know, there's your point of entry. Yeah. Um, well, it's an excellent show. Uh, but, uh, yeah, David Bowie. What the fuck were we talking about? Man Who Fell to Earth. Yeah, Man Who Fell to Earth and Will Forte being nice. And I'm, then... I'm very interested in, in like, uh, art that is, you know, predictive. Um, it happens all the time because I think, you know, in general, artists are very open to the uh, – the um soup the great cosmic soup oh my god are you going woo woo on us nice yeah so you think that the person who dreamed up man who fell to earth might have been picking something up from the cosmic goo and it could have been a uh prediction of where we'd find ourselves this year no i i'm i think the person that thought up last man on earth did that though Wait, what did I say? You said man who fell to earth. <laughs> See, you got. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's. A... <laughs> but it's but it's, it's so easy man to confuse fell to earth, Man who fell to earth, which came out in 1975 or 76, yeah. uh, also probably predictive in its own way because it did predict a world without water, and mm. um, uh, well, maybe not. But anyway. I feel like every time like people start talking about how water's going to run out, I always think of Tank Girl. Right. The movie and how like they like sucked the water out of each other to kill them because that's right. how much water was worth. Starring Lori Petty. Mhm. And Ice T as a kangaroo. Yeah. And then they made a spin-off movie, I believe, of the kangaroos and I can't I haven't seen it though. And I think that's one of those movies they buried that you can't find anymore. Wasn't you mean Carol by Todd Haynes? What's Carol? <laughs> nothing. I have nothing. I That's... don't know why I said that. Sorry, um, sorry, I wasn't receptive enough for that joke. Spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, won the best movie Oscar, best picture, twenty sixteen. Yeah. I mean, that's Mad Max Fury Road was about a world without water. So you see how it all comes together. Yeah. 
that's a good point. I yeah. think we should end on that because it tied it up I quite nicely that. and you yeah. got to go eat food. And last time I kept you long and I don't want your wife to be mad at me for keeping you long two times in a row. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. You're right. So, uh, She's a lovely woman and I want to stay in her favor. Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> uh, so yeah, all that stuff we're talking about, you can find Adrian on, you have a podcast, right? Are you guys still doing that? Yeah, yeah, it's called The Escapists, and um, yeah, and I just, you know, I'm now I'm currently writing for a a, a Vancouver Arts and Entertainment outlet uh, called. Well, you get Stir. closer, closer to saying it. It's like you get less ashamed of this podcast every time you say it, so you're more willing just, to admit you know where you not, work. It's not shame. It's just more. <laughs> I don't. I'm not really. I don't care for self promotion. You know. Yeah, I, I know like how you feel. But uh, uh, yeah, stir.ca. I just wrote an article about um, MK Ultra. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. Stir creative. No, sorry. St- I can't remember. <laughs> Find it on Twitter. I don't fucking know. Yeah, just uh, Google your name. Yeah, Adrian yeah. Adrian Mag, MK Ultra. There's a whole bunch of stuff. That's fun. I'm going to read that because I like all that shit on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, a, you know what? It's, to, it's, a, it's a piece to preview the Vancouver Podcast Festival. Which oh, um, may be of interest to you and Derek, uh, and that happens in Vancouver um, next week. I think. Are it, you Thursday. involved in that more I, than I just, writing for I just, stir? No, no. I just wrote a piece about it. Yeah. And one of the one of the things they'll be doing there is they're interviewing uh, Michelle uh, Shepard, the journalist Michelle Shepard, and the CBC's Ian Hanamansing uh, oh. about their. Uh, they did a six part. Uh, CBC podcast on Project uh, MK Ultra. Oh, nice! And, and I've written a little story about it. And but there's also yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. And and uh, I urge uh, your 25 listeners to check that out. And um, <laughs> they will. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So it's been great talking to you again. I'm I'm um, yeah. I'm, I, really, I'm covered in ash. And I'm... <laughs> you can't tell. Good. good. Um, what's your Twitter handle? I always forget. It always just comes up. Adrian Macked. Okay. Uh, I'm Super Dalebot. You can follow us. I know. Uh, you don't have <laughs> you don't have Facebook, right? You're like I do, I do, but I never go there. Okay, yeah. Um, you could find us uh, outrage or Facebook.com outrage fact pod. We have a Twitter outrage fact pod. You could find us on YouTube outrage factory. So if you're listening to this right now. And you're like, fuck, I want to see how good looking Adrian is. Just go to YouTube and listen to this entire episode again, just so I feel better about myself and how many listeners we have. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I think we're going to try get the Patreon set up again, but not too many people cared about that because why would you pay when you can get it for free? And I agree with you. I don't give to anybody's Patreon. So I don't know. Just. Oh, what you should do if you want to support this podcast is go to Redbubble and buy swag off there because I think it gives us like a dollar each time. But then you get sweet shit to wear and you could get these are on there. Just remember, people, though, that charity is no substitute for justice. Mm hmm. Very well put, Adrian. Yeah. Until next time, let's 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 cap it off with that except for my annoying catchphrase i have <laughs> because doot, i was doot, doot. that was a perfect way to tie it up and then i just kept talking so it's awesome <laughs> okay everybody That's wit. all right stay angry
<laughs> you been on the tanning bed again, Dale? Uh, no, it's just my computer's dark for some reason. It's like, oh, it's raining outside. Now you're going to be dark. So I put this light here, like closer to yeah. make it more light. And it just makes my head look rounder. I'm very self-conscious about and, the shape of my head. Can, can a light do that? It is right now because my head's not this round. Is it, is it it's a just the light. That you repurposed from McDonald's. <laughs>